Welcome to this message from Eastwood Baptist Church, one church with two locations in Bowling Green and Alberton, Kentucky. To learn more, visit eastwoodbc.org. Now, may the Lord bless you in the hearing of His Holy Word. Amen. As you grab your seat, grab your copy of God's Word, go with me to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. I don't know if you've heard or not, but we are only one week away from Super Bowl Sunday. Any Eagles fans out there? <laughs> I knew that was coming. Any Patriots fans out there? Okay, all right, all right. We got some of both represented here. You know, there at least I haven't heard of any real smack talking going between Philly or or, 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 or New England that much. I mean, there's been some talk about wanting to dethrone the pretty boy quarterback, Tom Brady. But so far, everybody's kind of played it cool. Nobody has guaranteed a victory that I've heard of. And that is a very wise move. Coaches and players hate when some loudmouth guy shoots off at the mouth and says something like, I guarantee you, boys, we're going to win this one, okay? <laughs> because guaranteeing a victory, predicting a victory is, is, is very risky. Sometimes you can make good on that victory, but a lot of times you fail. Of course, most famously, Joe Namath, right? When you think about predicting and guaranteeing a win in history, Joe Namath comes to mind, all right? But for every Joe Namath, there is a Matt Hasselbeck, okay? Now, Joe, Joe Namath, three days before the, the heavy underdog New York Jets were going to uh, face the Baltimore Col uh, Colts in 1969 at, at Super Bowl three. Joe Namath, the quarterback for the Jets, he fired back at a heckler and said, we're going to win the game. I guarantee it. And it hit, broke national news. A lot of people laughed. A lot of people laughed. But Namath and the Jets, what they do? They went out and showed Who's boss, right? They went out and won the game. He made good on his, uh, on his guarantee and beat the Colts 16 to 7. But like I said, for every Joe Namath in history, there is a Matt Hasselbeck in history, okay? There's a Matt Hasselbeck. Um, there have been a lot of predictions and guarantees to go wrong. And perhaps, again, maybe his is maybe the most embarrassing as I look back through history. When Hasselbeck was, was quarterbacking the Seattle Seahawks, 2003 versus the Green Bay Packers in a, in a playoff game, the game went into overtime, and at the coin flip, if you ever watch football, they get the cameras in there with all the audio, and so you can see the referees, you can see the captains, and everybody was listening. And when the Seahawks won the coin toss, the referee asked the quarterback from the Seahawks, what do you want to do? And instead of simply stating that they wanted to receive the ball, Hasselbeck said in front of the, uh, a national worldwide audience, we want the ball and we're going to score. Man, what a bold prediction. But unfortunately, just a few plays later, Hasselbeck goes out there and throws a pass beautifully to the Green Bay Packers, <laughs> to the wrong team to which that receiver or that, that defensive back intercepted it, ran it back for a 56-yard pick six game-ending touchdown game over. What an embarrassing failure. But guys, that's how it is. When we humans try to predict or guarantee something, you can never be sure. Because sometimes it's a success. Sometimes it is a failure. But here in Matthew 16, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, makes a bold guarantee, a bold prediction, 
And it's a bold prediction that you and I can have complete assurance in. It's a, it's a guarantee, a prediction that you and I can have bold assurances. Now, in this passage, Jesus, he's talking to his disciples about who people think that he is. And some said, they said, some, of, some, some people think that you're John the Baptist. Some think that you're Elijah the prophet. Other people think that you're Jeremiah the prophet. And still there are others who say that you're just some other prophet. But then he turned and he asked that most important question to his disciples. Who do you say that I am? And Peter the spokesman, right? The bold one for the, the disciples. He, 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 he blurted out, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus rejoiced at Peter's correct answer. It was correct. He rejoiced at that. And then he said this to Peter and the church, to Peter and the church in Matthew 16, 18. He said this, and I tell you, you are Peter. And on this rock i will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it that is a bold guarantee that is a bold prediction i will build my church jesus said and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. in other words jesus is guaranteeing victory for the church i want to say to you this morning beloved we are living proof of that victory it's right here, right? This is proof of that victory. We continue, though, to live out in that victory, right? Jesus will not allow us to lose. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't have a part to play, though, right? What God has promised, he will bring about, but he uses means, right? He uses means, and those means that God often uses is us. We as a church must do everything in our power to be the best local church we can be. Amen? We have to do everything in our power to be the best local church we can be. Eastwood must be the best church we can be to bring about that victory. That's why your pastoral staff and the lay leadership, we were so burdened at the end of 2016 and coming into year 2017, we saw that Eastwood as a church, as a whole church, two campuses, was sort of limping a little. We were doing a lot of good things, but we kept hitting a wall that we could just not break through. And we became convinced that we needed a fresh, powerful, unique vision to carry Eastwood Baptist Church forward. So this past spring, we began a process to discover what exactly that is. And after months of talking and praying and digging and dreaming and talking some more and praying some more, we finally got a grip on our unique vision, on our unique kingdom calling as a church. So given all that you all, we as, as the people of Eastwood, all that we bring to the table, and given what we have around us, right, our context, and then given what motivates us, what excites us as a unique people, our unique kingdom calling came into focus for Eastwood. And this morning, Pastor Tom and I want to begin to unfold this fresh vision for Eastwood Baptist Church to the entirety of Eastwood Baptist Church 
Guys, this is where we believe God is leading us and what we believe God has uniquely called Eastwood to do. This is something that we believe that God has made us for this very moment. We want to be the best we can be as we work toward that victory locally. So over the next three Sundays, we're going to roll this out to you in a series that we are calling Next Steps. Next Steps. And so today is simply intro to Eastwood. Intro to Eastwood. Now, some of you are, are practically brand new, all right? Maybe this is your first Sunday. Man, if this is your first Sunday, I pray that what you hear today resonates with your heart. You say, I want to come back another Sunday. i got to hear more of what God is doing through this congregation. Some of you have been here a, a, a few weeks, and I say, great, glad you're here. Others of you, though, you've been here at Eastwood for decades. And you may be like, if anybody knows who Eastwood is and what she's about, it's me. But I want you to keep in mind that this is a fresh vision. It is a fresh vision for what your pastoral leadership, your lay leadership believe that God is calling us to in 2018 going forward. Would you pray with me this morning? Father, we ask that you would help us, Lord. And Father, that you would help me first and foremost to communicate this to, to this people, God. This is bigger than me. God, I will not do it justice. As I spell this out, God, it's going to be so big and so audacious in a lot of ways. And it's going to seem, it's going to seem abstract in a lot of ways. But God, I pray that you would begin to put it down into our hearts. That it will go through our brains and get down into our hearts. That we might do what we believe, God, you, you have uniquely called us to do. And so, Father, come and be with us today. As I preach this morning about what you're doing in this church, if there is anybody here under the sound of my voice who has yet to repent and believe in Christ, who said he was going to build his church, I pray today through the ministry of the Holy Spirit that that person would see their need for Jesus. And today, Christ would build his church even further by adding a new believer into the family of God. Father, would you work in our midst? It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. So to help me communicate to you this, this fresh, this unique kingdom calling, I, I want to ask two questions. The first question is this, why church? That's a, I mean, that's a simple question, right? Two words, why church? There's a lot in there though, okay? We need to understand that being part of a local church is not optional, for God's plan for Christians, okay? It's not optional, you see? And, and, and this is your notes right here. There are to be no orphans among God's children. Let me say that again. There should be no orphans. There are to be no orphans among God's children. Ephesians 2.19 talks about it this way. It talks about the impact of the work of Jesus Christ on our spiritual connections says this, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. You see, the church is the household of God. The church is not the building. The church is the people, and the people are a family. And if you are a child of God through faith in Jesus Christ, God expects you to be a member of a local church. 
You see, a child without a family is called a what? An orphan. An orphan. And there are, no, there, there are to be no orphans among God's children. Every single child of God is to be connected to a local church family. And since you are here, <laughs> I want to challenge you to get connected to this church family. Some of you have been coming here for a few weeks, and I rejoice in that. I'm glad that you've been coming for a few weeks, and, and you love it. I, I pray that you love it. You've, you've already gotten connected to people. You've already gotten tied to people. You've made some friends, but you have not yet officially connected with this local body through church membership. And I want to say to you, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? I want to challenge you today to join this church family, to make it official by becoming a member, covenanting in membership with this church. Now, some of you have been coming here for years. And you've still not joined. I want to say again to you, why? It's almost like, like common law marriage at this point, right? You, you live together long enough that the state just eventually says, they must be married. Beloved, we are glad that you are here. Many of you are already serious servants of Eastwood. But you've never made the connection official through membership. And I want to strongly encourage you this morning, if that's you, to officially join this church by covenanting in membership with this church. There are to be no orphans among God's children in Eastwood. I mean, it is a great place to belong. Not only are we a great family, but we have a great mission. Now, let's look here. Eastwood's mission. Your pastors and your lay leaders, we have talked, we've dreamed, we've prayed, here is what we believe our unique mission as Eastwood Baptist Church is. Again, given all that you bring to the table and given all that we have here in our context here in Bowling Green and Scottsville and given all that excites and motivates you as a people, there is one word that kept coming up time and time again and that word is relationships. Relationships. Our people, you love to connect relationally with people. One of my greatest joys is to talk to new folks who come in the building. And they say, man, y'all made me feel so welcome. You made me feel like I was at home. You made me feel like I belong. And that's who you are as a church, right? You are concerned not with just this church, but the entire community. You want to be part of the community, to grow the community, and to make a difference in this community. Now, we recognize that every church is given the basic mission of winning people to Jesus and glorifying God. But again, we're unique, right? Eastwood is unique. Eastwood, just like that church is not like us, we're not like that church over there, okay? So when we look at our unique mission, here's what we're convinced Eastwood's mission is. It's to develop relationships, to impact people with biblical answers to life's challenges. Let me say that again. Develop relationships to impact people with biblical answers to life's challenge. This is Eastwood's unique mission, our unique purpose. Another way of saying it, this is Eastwood's heartbeat. Now, I want to be clear. This is not something that your leaders are imposing on you, okay? This is something that we already see in you, okay? 
as we've prayed, as we've talked, we see this in you, and we are simply wanting to draw it out in you, to call it out from you in greater and greater reality. So develop relationships to impact people with biblical answers to life's challenges. As, I, as, I, as I've thought about this, how do I communicate this? How do I help that statement make sense, why it's so important? I think it's best to work backwards. Let's start at the end of that phrase for just a moment. Here it is. We're going to begin with the phrase, life's challenges. Man, everywhere we go, you cannot help but step into a challenge. It's in the workplace. It's in your neighbor's home. It's in your home. It's in the school. It's everywhere. There's brokenness. Life is hard. It's full of challenges. I mean, that's the human predicament. And all around us is difficulty and frustration and lostness, hopelessness, even despair. But beloved, there is hope because God has not left us to despair. You see, God has given answers to life's challenges. And where are they found, church? In the Bible. Everybody say Bible. Help me out. Good, good, good. Right? God has revealed them to us. There are biblical answers to life's challenges. If it's lostness, the Bible has the answer in the gospel, right? If it's finances, the Bible has the answer. If it's death and grief, the Bible has the answer. If it's marriage problems, the Bible has the answer. If it's raising your kids, the Bible has the answer. I, I could go on and on, okay? The Bible is sufficient to instruct in living a godly and good life. It is sufficient to help us overcome life's challenges. So people have problems, amen? Amen. And the Bible has answers, amen? So how do you get these two together, okay? People with their problems and the Bible with its answers, the answer is relationships, relationships. We are convinced that the very best way to get these biblical answers to people who are facing life's challenges is through relationships, from person to person, from friend to friend. The Great Commission, Matthew 28, verse 19 and 20, literally says in the Greek, as you are going, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. In other words, there are people with problems. The Bible has answers, and we are to connect with them. We are to befriend them. We are to get to know them. In other words, this is just a part of life. Reaching people with biblical answers is not a program. It is a 24-7 way of life. Let me just ask a, just a quick survey. How many of you are here today because at some point you knew somebody that went to Eastwood? Anybody? Yeah? Great. All right. Hands down. Let me ask it this way. How many of you are still here? Because you have made friends with the people here. Hands? Yeah, amen. Guys, that's the power of relationships. That's God's plan, right? That's the channel. Relationships are the best channel to deliver these biblical answers. I can go out and do cold call. I can go out and knock on doors and invite people to church. I can send out postcards. I can send out Facebook messages. I can do all those things, and I will do all those things. And I, I'm going to encourage you to do all those things. But your most fruitful 
connections, you're most likely to get here are through the people that you already know and know you. Therefore, our mission is to develop relationships to impact people with biblical answers to life's challenges. Developing relationships, that is the key component to Eastwood's unique mission. It's not friends for friends' sake. It's friends to impact them. God wants you. He wants to use you to make a difference in somebody's life. And we're going to do everything in our power as your pastors to lead Eastwood to be a relational church. A church who wants to connect with people. And to help impact their lives for Jesus. Just like somebody connected with me and made an impact in my life through Jesus Christ. So how are we going to do this? How are we going to do this? Again, some of this is just language. I'm introducing language to you. It's part of the church culture, all right? Just like in your family, you have words. Or maybe the region you're from in America, you have certain lingo that the rest of the nation doesn't understand. Well, I'm introducing to you some language here that I want you to get in your head, okay? How will we do this? How will we develop relationships that impact people with biblical answers to life's challenges? We're going to do this through Eastwood's 3G strategy. 3G strategy. And here it is. Eastwood's strategy to be a multi-site church that offers opportunities to gather, grow, go, and next steps, okay? We're going to unpack it. Let's break it down, okay? First, let me say this. Eastwood is unashamedly and purposefully multi-site. In other words, here at 9444 Scottsville Road, Alvaton, Kentucky, that is not the only place that Eastwood Baptist Church meets. We have a second campus. If you're new here, I'm glad that you're here. But there's a second Eastwood campus at 500 Eastwood Street in Bowling Green. It's our original campus. We call it our East Campus. We are, as we say around here, the the verbiage is one church in two locations. And this is not by accident. This is purposeful. Because relationships are so important. We want to have a place, a, a church building for people to worship with their neighbors in their community. Imagine if you had to, if there was no church building here and you had to drive. And some of you do drive. I'm, I'm thankful for you driving. But we have a, a, a spot right here where neighbors can connect with their neighbors and come to church right here. So Eastwood's strategy is intentionally multi-site. And with that multi-site, we want to offer opportunities to gather, grow, and go. We want to gather in worship. That's what we're doing right here. We want to grow in small groups. That's primarily our Bible fellowship time. And then we also want to go in service to our church and our community. Everything that we do at Eastwood will, we pray, fit into those three buckets. And maybe you're used to an Eastwood that has a million different things going on. Right? You ever go to a restaurant? Maybe you'll go to a a Mexican restaurant here in just a moment. And a Mexican restaurant has, it's, it's amazing how many things are on that menu. I mean, it's like, it's like page. I mean, it's, it's like a little book here. I mean, you've got to read through it, and it's like, my goodness. But essentially, you can boil it down to like three things, right, a lot of times. It's the same way, guys, with this here. You, you may have been used to an Eastwood that has so many different options, and it's so busy and got all this going. We pray as a leadership to increasingly 
simplify what we do so that everything we do fits into these three categories. And we're going to call you to devote yourself to one hour of each of those every week, at least an hour of worship, at least an hour of small groups, and at least an hour of servings. And these opportunities, guys, will be to equip you to go out and to develop relationships to impact people with biblical answers to life's challenge. But don't miss out on that fourth part of our strategy, that the, the, what we call here next steps, okay? Next steps, if you've been to Eastwood, how many of you guys have ever been to the Next Steps lunch here at South Campus? Great, man, that's awesome. Basically, we offer that twice a year. It's just a chance to tell you about Eastwood and who we are and to, to, to get a good catered meal into us, all right? And so, but going forward, Eastwood's Next Steps is going to be our assimilation track in one sense to help people quickly learn who Eastwood is, who God is, and who they are so that they can quickly connect to Eastwood for kingdom work. Pastor Greg, Pastor Ed have been leading a team that are, that, 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 that are de- developing, that team is developing this. And we wanted the church to go through it as a whole, okay? And so basically over the next three weeks, that's what we're doing. We're going through, in one sense, our next steps class. So our mission and strategy helps us to understand why church. But the second question that I'm going to ask this morning to help me communicate this to you is, why this church? Why this church? I will be the first to say that Eastwood is not the only good and godly church in Bowling Green and Scottsville. Amen? Man, thank God that's the case, right? Thank God that there are other good and godly churches here in our area. So what sets this church apart? What makes it different? Why this church? And what sets Eastwood apart are our unique values. All right, we have a unique mission. We also have a unique set of values, all right? We, as Eastwood's leadership, we've identified four values to carry us forward to be the best church that we can be for God. These are our four values I want to share with you this morning, okay? Value one is the power of God's word. We value the power of God's word. God's word, church, is irreplaceable here at Eastwood Baptist Church. It is central to everything we do, right? right? The Bible is not our God, but is the revelation from our God to us. And we will not, we will never, we pray, try to live life or do ministry outside of its authority and power. Guys, we're going to preach it, we're going to sing it, we're going to teach it, we're going to discuss it, we will believe it, and Lord willing, we will live it. We're convinced that teaching the Bible, along with the ministry of the Holy Spirit, will utterly change people's lives. I believe that's the case. So let me just say, if you're not a big fan of the Bible... You will not be a big fan of Eastwood. The second value is the pursuit of life transformation. The pursuit of life transformation. God wants to transform you and me. He wants to take the mess that we are and clean us up by grace through faith in Jesus and then conform us, transform us to the perfect image of Jesus Christ. That begins by repenting and believing in Jesus. 
And then it continues after you've trusted Christ as your Savior and Lord. It continues until the day you die through the process of becoming more and more holy, being sanctified, being transformed to live and to, and to think like Jesus. We often sing that old hymn, Just As I Am, okay? God wants you and me to come just as we are. There are no prerequisites to coming to God other than to realize that you have a need for Jesus Christ, okay? But once you come to Jesus, Jesus wants to take you just as you are and to make him just as he is, okay? That's life transformation. We will pursue that with all of our might. Third is the passion of missional living. The passion of missional living living. Now, that, that, that word can be confusing because you hear the word mission, okay? This is not talking about going on a mission trip necessarily, okay? It includes that, but it's bigger than that, okay? This value is talking about seeing life as a mission trip. Life. Let's just get it in our heads. Say, life is a mission trip. Let's, re- let's try it here. Life is a mission trip. <laughs> In fact, if you've noticed the new signage we have out on the driveway going out today, what does that sign say? Help me out. Now entering the mission field. Guys, the mission field is here. It's not over there on another continent. It is here. And this value that we're talking about here, we're talking about in your work, in your school, in your hobbies, in your home, in your neighborhood, in your hangouts, who, where, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, whomever you're with, You are on mission for God. Everywhere you are is a mission. We want to catch the passion of missional living. We want to be passionate about taking Jesus everywhere we go. We want to be passionate about being a church that loves Jesus outside of these walls. And finally, the priority of authentic relationships the priority of authentic relationships we i've already said we value relationships as a church but so many of them are surface and fake let's get real right so many of the 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 people that we call our friends they are surface and fake relationships even at church surface and fake Right? We not only put on our fancy clothes, but we put on our fancy smiles and pretty ourselves up right, and act like life is great even when it's not. Surface and fake does us no good. We crave authenticity. We long for something genuine. And that's the kind of relationships we want to facilitate here at Eastwood. We want to go deep with one another right we want to get real with one another we we want to get past the veneer with one another until we find that sweet spot that sweet spot of relational authenticity where we can really love one another you can't really love someone until you get to know the real them we want to get to that sweet spot of, of relational authenticity where we can love one another toward Christ's likeness. If we don't, we will never grow. That's 
why we value authentic relationships. But why this church? Why this church? That's the question. That, that doesn't just include our mission and values. It also includes our doctrinal distinctives. We want you to know who Eastwood is doctrinally, right? Truth is important. Truth is important, all right? And so, again, while there are, are many good churches around here, there are a few big things doctrinally that make us distinct from some of those other churches. I want to just briefly point out six of them to you this morning, okay? Six of them this morning. If, if, you, if you want to say, what does Eastwood believe? Feel free to Google the Baptist Faith and Message 2000. That's the full document of what we as a church believe the Bible teaches in general, okay? But these are six distinctives. Because a lot of churches believe what we believe in on a lot of things, okay? But here are six things that are distinctive about us. First, the Bible is absolute truth with no mixture of error. The Bible is inerrant. We're going to use the big words here for a moment. The Bible is inerrant, infallible, sufficient, authoritative word of God. Amen. Some churches, even here in Bowling Green, don't believe that. But it is something that as long as Ben Simpson is pastor at South Campus, we will not move from. We will not move from that. And I know Tom James, as long as Tom James is the, is the pastor of all of Eastwood, we will not move from that. Secondly, salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. We are convinced that the Bi- uh, uh, we, we are convinced by the Bible that Jesus plus something is nothing, and that Jesus plus nothing is everything. Now, there are churches even in our community here that want to make baptism or or other works requirements for salvation. We believe that salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. Third, baptism. Baptism is by immersion for the believer as a symbol. I don't know if you noticed, but our sign says Baptist Church, and we're unashamed of that. We're happy to be a Baptist church. That means we're convinced that baptism in the New Testament literally means the immersion of a person into water, not pouring water. Not sprinkling water. We want the whole body. We want you fully wet when you come out of here. How that baptistry, okay? We also believe that baptism is for believers only. There are good churches that baptize babies to recognize them as being part of the church family, as being under the care of the church. But we believe that baptism is for only those who personally profess faith in Jesus. Finally, we also believe that baptism is a symbol, right? There's absolutely no power in the water itself. There's no power in the ritual of baptism. While baptism is holy and right and good, it plays no part in our actual salvation. It is merely the proclamation to the world that we have been saved. Fourth, every believer is a saint and a priest Every believer is a saint and a priest. You see, to be a saint in New Testament terms merely means that you have been made holy by God. And that's what happens to every Christian when they repent and believe on Jesus. We are convinced that there are as many saints as there are Christians. And and by the same token, we're convinced that there are as many priests as there are 
Christians. In other words, every believer can go directly to God to give an offering of thanks, sorrow over sin, and to praise God. We need no human mediator between us and God other than Jesus Christ. Fifth, we believe that the believer is eternally secure. The believer is eternally secure. Now, some churches teach that a person can be truly saved and then truly lost, and then truly saved, and then truly lost, and so on and so forth. But we believe that those who are truly saved are kept by the power of God and will never fall away. And finally, as I think about our doctrinal distinctives, it's this. Church government is congregational. Church government is congregational. There is no governmental or denominational authority over Eastwood other than God. So you say, well, I thought we were part of a denomination. We are, right? We do cooperate with, denom- with denominational bodies, the Southern Baptist Convention, the, 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 the Kentucky Baptist Convention, the Warren Association of Baptists. But those entities have no authority over us as a church. It is a voluntary cooperation. That means there's no diocese that we're under. There's no presbytery that we're under. There's no general conference or a state conference that we are under. We are an autonomous church led by the Holy Spirit, governed through the body as a whole. Now, as we come to a close this morning, let me lovingly say this, and I, I mean this as lovingly as I can. Everybody, everyone is welcome at Eastwood. Everybody is welcome at Eastwood. But again, let me lovingly say, Eastwood isn't for everyone, and that's okay. There are lots of good churches right here in our area, okay? There are many good churches that your heart might better resonate with. So to wrap this up this morning, let me give you just a few reasons why Eastwood might not be the church for you. First, Eastwood might not be the church for you, and you, you might be saying, I can't believe the preacher's about to say this. <laughs> Eastwood might not be the church for you if you are looking for the perfect church. I want you to look around for a moment. Just seriously, just look around for a minute. There ain't nobody perfect in here, all right? So if you're looking for the perfect church, it ain't here, okay? <laughs> and I've known people I, I lo- whom I love dearly that have moved on because we didn't check off their 100-point list of what the perfect church was. We got 97 of them, but on those three, we didn't make out. And I want to say to you, Eastwood is not perfect. You're going to find that out quickly. If you've been here over a couple of weeks, you recognize that, man. We are not a perfect church. And so if you're looking for the perfect church, this might not be the church for you. Secondly, Eastwood might not be the church for you if you are opposed to being one church in two locations. We understand that's kind of weird for some people, okay? If if that's a concern for you, I would love to sit down and talk with you and help you to understand why do we do this this way? Why do we do that? But some of you, 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 maybe you even become convicted that that is not how church should be done. And if that's you, then Eastwood is, is not the church for you. Third, Eastwood might not be the church for you if you plan to remain 
a spectator. Now, Pastor Ed, Pastor Ed and I, we talked about this. And we are happy for every single person that comes in and sits in the pew, okay? We love it. If you just simply come in and spectate, we love it in one sense. We are glad that you are here. But let me say this. If you plan to simply remain a spectator, we hope to make you feel uncomfortable in that. And if you just want to be a spectator and you don't want to be made feel uncomfortable because of that, Eastwood might not be the church for you. Next, Eastwood might not be the church for you if you hope to steal the vision and steer the church in a different direction. We want your input because we, again, as a church, make decisions as a church. But we don't want you to come in and love the church that you think we should be, but to be the church that we are, okay? Next, I would say this. This might not be the church for you if you're going to be divisive over peripheral doctrines. At Eastwood, we are open-handed on a lot of issues. Now, there are some things that we have said, this is heresy, and we will not tolerate it. But there are a lot of things that Christians can get all up in arms about that are peripheral doctrinal issues. They are secondary, even tertiary doctrinal issues. And if you're the type of person that is going to be divisive over peripheral doctrines, then this might not be the church for you. Next, let me say this. This might not be the church for you if you're not worried about your lost friends and neighbors. We want to win Bowling Green and Scottsville and surrounding areas for Jesus. So we're going to talk about that a whole lot. Eastwood might not be the church for you if you complain about the amount of money spent on missions because there are, quote-unquote, lost people here at home. Of course there are lost people here at home. We do that for 51 weeks, but we send people out one week out of the year to go try to win somebody else to Jesus somewhere else. And we send money every month to support missionaries around the world. Eastwood also might not be the church for you if you have a pet program that you can't live without. Whatever it is, if there's a program in another church that you said this has to be here or else, then Eastwood might not be the church for you. And then finally this, Eastwood might not be the church for you if you are unwilling to lay aside your comfort and personal preferences for the sake of the church's mission. We all have personal preferences. Ben Simpson has personal preferences. And let me just say, Eastwood doesn't meet all of my personal preferences. And that's okay, all right? It doesn't meet all your personal preferences. But if you are unwilling to lay aside your comfort and personal preferences for the sake of the church's mission, then Eastwood might not be the church for you. Jesus Christ said that he's going to build his church in the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Eastwood, we have an opportunity in this fresh vision, this fresh strategy, this, this fresh values, all these things to once again become better, to move forward, to better align ourselves with the mission of God. And I pray that we would be the best Eastwood we can be. In closing, I say to you this morning, welcome to Eastwood. Hi there, this is Pastor Ben. I have something really important to ask you, but first, I want to say thank you for taking the time to make this digital connection with us through our podcast. 
I hope the message you just listened to was a blessing, but an even greater blessing than this digital connection would be for you to connect with us in person this coming Sunday at one of Eastwood's two campuses where we get the joy of living life together in Jesus' name. And now for that really important question, which is the most important question you'll ever answer. Where do you stand before God? Now, based on what you've done, the straightforward answer is that you stand guilty and condemned before God. You are a sinner who completely deserves God's wrath forevermore in hell. And I deserve the same thing also. I mean, every person does. Guys, that's terrible news. And even worse is the fact that there's nothing you can do in and of yourself to change that. You need a Savior. But I have good news. God loved the world so much that He sent Jesus to be your Savior. Jesus came and lived the perfect life that you cannot live, and he stood condemned on the cross, dying the death you deserve. And three days later, Jesus was raised from the dead to prove to everybody that he is indeed the Savior of the world. And now Jesus longs to change your standing before God by making a trade with you. He desires to take what you've earned, which is the wrath of God in hell, and to give you in return what he has earned which is the blessing of God in heaven. When this trade happens, instead of standing guilty and condemned before God, you will stand forgiven and righteous with the promise of everlasting life. So what must you do to have your standing before God changed? First, admit to God you are a sinner. Second, hate your sins. Turn from them and ask God to forgive you. And finally, turn to Jesus in faith and love, putting your complete hope in Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, and follow him until the day you die. Wherever you are listening to this podcast, Jesus is ready to make this trade with you. And I pray that you would trust in Jesus and be saved. Thank you again for connecting with us, and I hope to see you soon at Eastwood Baptist Church.